Chicago's College Tailgate Show. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. What's up and welcome in. This is Chicago's College Tailgate on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Along with Adam Abdallah and Chris Black, Jonathan Hood with you. Welcome to week four in college football. Guys, the landscape of college football continues to change as more teams and conferences join this unusual season. But Adam, the really the other major storyline of the college football season is the coronavirus of course, Notre Dame's game today against Wake Forest has been postponed. The Irish were down seven players against South Florida, four players with COVID-19, and six players uh, were quarantined because of contact tracing. But, you know, Adam, as much as you and I and Chris, we all love college football, love to see the Irish play, COVID-19 is real. Uh, and the big question is, does college football have a playbook to handle this for the long haul? Well, this is going to happen, Jonathan, and I think that, you know, you have days off built in. You have a few um, built-in off weeks where teams can make this up and you can push back certain championship dates. They offered, you know, two possible weekends for the ACC championship game, and you're going to see that Wake Forest and Duke game made up at the end of the season, and then they're going to move that championship game until the very last possible date. And I think that that's where the ACC – the SEC and the Big 12 found themselves um, at an advantage by mixing, by starting earlier and trying to get these games in earlier and then having days off where you can get these games made up. Now, if we flip it to the Big 10 and the Pac-12 who announced that they're coming back um, you know, uh, in November, they don't have any margin for error with these games. They're going to miss games. Now, this could continue to happen. You might see this happen in the SEC. You might see this happen in the Big 12, but you're going to get every Saturday when we come on the show here before Notre Dame games, obviously today's game is canceled um, and they're off. They have a bye week next week that we're going to be talking about games and players missing uh, big games and things like that. But I think, you know, college football is a machine. It just kind of rolls on. And as long as you that's why you have 100 plus rosters, right? You go in, you try to play your game as safe as possible and you try to get these kids as much experience as you can. You know, the one thing that I look at, guys, when we take a look at week four of the uh, college football season is, yeah, a lot has changed since the last time we talked last Saturday with Notre Dame not playing this weekend, the Wake Forest game being canceled. And like Abdallah is saying, you have two conferences who in the last week or so have decided that they are jumping back in, the Pac-12 and the Big Ten, to play college football at some point in this fall. The one thing that I kind of note, though, is waking up today – watching college game day, getting ready for the action today. Today feels like the first week of college football where it feels like college football is back. And that is because the SEC kicks off today. And we even have a ranked matchup at 11 o'clock kicking off right now in Auburn. Kentucky, the number 23 team in the country, taking on Auburn, the number eight team in the country. So I think now that the SEC is going to play and we are going to see SEC football, Today feels like a day where college football is officially back. Well, yeah, you take a look outside. It's a little bit overcast. It's a little cool. So it has that feeling of college football that we really love. But, you know, again, we have to take a look at the reality of of what's going on here, Chris, because more and more we're starting to see conferences – uh, non-Power 5 and Power 5 conferences coming back into our college football landscape, which is great. 
Um, but I'm also still fearful of well, what is real, and that is COVID-19. I mean, here's what we've seen. Baseball went through it early when they had some cancellations and postponements. The numbers have gone completely either minuscule or or just completely gone in baseball. In the NBA and the National Hockey League, they've had their bubbles, so that's been 0% when it comes to COVID-19. In the National Football League, you know, they started off before the season talking about these mouth guards to try to – uh, decrease the spittle as much as possible when they're out there playing. There was only maybe a few teams that had helmets designed for that, so they're just going as normal. But college football, as we have seen here watching college game day, where there is a number of teams, a number of games that have been postponed because of the outbreak, uh, again, it's a concern because once I'm in, once we all are in it for college football, we want to see it full stop. But I don't know how re- real that is moving forward throughout the college football season. Well, yeah, I mean, Jonathan, I mean, we, we know that things are going to have to be flexible in this uh, season and in this year in general. I mean, just for all of our lives. I mean, think about it. We all have to be flexible. And when we kind of take a look at what's going on with college football, the one thing that I would point out is college football has a history where not everything is equal. Not everything is the same. And I think in one year, it may be okay that the Pac-12 just has a Pac-12 champion who gets left out of the college football playoff. It might be okay, even though you're a Big Ten fan, you're a fan of Bucky, you're a fan of the Buckeyes, you're a fan of the Wolverines. Maybe it's okay in one season that the Big Ten just announces that Ohio State or Iowa or Minnesota wins the Big Ten and they're not a part of the college football playoff. Like, we will all move on with our lives. It will suck for this one year. But I kind of get the vibe that, like, as long as we get some college football and teams continue to play their games, yeah, there's going to be cancellations. Yeah, some teams may not qualify because they're only going to play seven games. Yeah, okay, we get it. In this one year, this one-off year, it's okay. College football has a long history where there was an East Coast champ and then there was someone out on the West Coast who was undefeated as well, but half the country didn't see it. So who was the real champion? And we could debate it all year long. Hopefully next year we get back to the college football that we've seen over the last couple of seasons where we have that college football playoff we can all debate. Yeah, I agree, Chris. And I think that, you know, we look week to week and we focus a lot on the the national championship game. We focus a lot on the college football playoff. You know, we do the playoff predictor and the Heisman watch and everything. But I love these week to week matchups. I'm watching Lane Kiffin back in the SEC right now. Later on, I get to watch Mike Leach in the SEC. Like, we get Miami-Florida State tonight. These are big-time matchups that, you know, you want to see every single year. And if some of these teams don't qualify because they don't get enough games in, then so be it. But the week-to-week matchups that we get to see, I'm going to love watching Oregon this year. You know, Chris is going to be throwing his phone after USC games. Like, this is just something that we need to feel normal again. And, yeah, there's two games at the end of the year that are going to determine who plays in a national championship game. And it's fun for a weekend. But the storylines, you know, what's LSU going to do with losing all that talent to the draft? And can they have a chance at repeating? Florida's ranked number five right now. Do they have a chance to win? a national championship. It's just the, the week to week storylines that we can appreciate. How, how long are we going to talk about how, if how hard, how long Harbaugh is going to be at Michigan? You know, like <laughs> it's the week to week storylines that I appreciate every single week that it, it just feels normal again. And it just feels good to sit out, sit down and watch a day's worth of college football. Now that we have more and more conferences coming back every single week. 
Jonathan, Adam, and Chris on Chicago's College Tailgate on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. We're here every Saturday giving you the best in college football conversation. My hope is is that what you guys are talking about, these storylines resonate with me as well. I just want it to be sustainable. I don't want I want to have this happening without interruption if that is possible. And I, I woke up this morning thinking that, you know, on a normal college football Saturday, the three of us would be together at some bar. I don't know why. I just thought – you know, this is where we would be. We would be broadcasting live from a venue, Chris, and and we're not. And so I just woke up thinking, and I put it out on Twitter, uh, at ESPN1000CCT, and also at ESPN1000, just like, what it was your go-to bar when it comes to a college football Saturday? And we have gone through uh, a number of them, uh, not only in the south suburbs, but also in the city, um, deep into the um, into the suburbs. It's fun when you can be able to come together Find your favorite seat, find your favorite table, find your favorite TV to be able to get the angle to watch all your favorite college football on a Saturday. Yeah, no doubt. And I mean, like, think about all the great places that we went to last year. And shout out to Coors Light for allowing us to go out and uh, see the people and and get to watch some college football at a bunch of different locations. I mean, heck, we even went as far as DeKalb. We were at Fatty's in DeKalb for for a, a college tailgate show. So, I mean... Like, this is what it's all about, is being able to get out. I mean, I know back in the day, Abdal and I, we would go to all the different bars in Lincoln Park and Wrigleyville, and we would see uh, just crowds of people who were there rooting for their college football teams. I mean, Houndstooth is one of the legendary bars in Wrigleyville, and when you go by that place during an Alabama game, man, is it a blank show. (laughs) (laughs) yeah houndstooth is definitely a spot i remember going there for a national championship game and we actually had to go to the the overflow bar because seats and places were reserved (laughs) days and weeks in advance for the national championship game yeah it was dark horse around the corner (laughs) and like you know we joked last week that is is uh, chicago's football team chicago's big 10 team actually iowa because of all of the iowa bars that are in the area. You know, there's a ton of Michigan bars that are in in the area. But I love a bar where, you know, they have – maybe they have an affiliation, but their game is over for the day. It's an 11 o'clock Wisconsin uh, Big Ten kickoff, or, or maybe they just don't have an affiliation. Because then, you know, you can kind of – I don't want to say dictate policy, but if, you know, you, you sweet talk the wait staff a little bit, you're like, hey, can I get the Auburn-Kentucky game on over here? Can I get the uh, Coastal Carolina Chanticleers game over here? I got a little, <laughs> I got to play on the first half in that game. Can I get right. that game over here? And like we, Chris and I have gone to bars and sat at bars for so long where they're like, what game do you guys want on next now that, the, now that this first round is over? And so I, I like bars that have, you know, no, really no real affiliation, but just sometimes you know it's an SEC bar. So, like, you know they're going to have the SEC games on. Or you go to just a Big Ten bar. They've got every Big Ten flag on outside of the bar, and they're just showing all the Big Ten games. I feel like those are some of the best ones because then you can just go in and enjoy all the games as you see fit. That is true. Um, my best experience is like a, a Legends – where we were in Mokina, I've been there more than once uh, being a Southsider, so going to Legends Bar and Grill because we were just there, I, mean, I believe, this past year – you know, Bocce's and Matson. There's certain places that I've gone where they may not have uh, an affiliation, but they are like, oh well, 
we, we run a sports bar, so I better put some sports up here. Oh, there's a football game. There's a football game. You kind of walk in, and Adam, you know, you're right. You can dictate in a lot of these places where they have college football on, but they don't know why they have them on. They just have it on because of sports. So you can be <laughs> like, hey, can I get the Boise State game on a bigger screen a little bit closer? Like, you can do that. And the wait staff will do that for you because they don't know. They don't know that we've got money on the line or that we have some kind of interest. So – I, I went to um, to Twitter and also on Facebook asking that question, um, and so a couple of people jumped in. John says the, the State Grill in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Nate Johnson says LTs in Rockford. Steve Aaron said also Bocce's in Matson. Peter says Chuck's Cafe in Burbank. That's in the um, that's on the south side. Aaron says Tailgaters roll damn tide. Roll tide. Uh, <laughs> uh, Sean says poor Phil's in Oak Park. I think I've been there once. Really. Um, and then Daniel says, well, you know, for years it used to be high tops in Wrigleyville. So there's some submissions so far. Yeah, all good options. I mean, I think what? We've been to half of those places. I remember <laughs> uh what what's the place in Lincoln Park, uh home slice of dollar? That's an Oregon bar. Yeah. So is. you show yeah. up late night, you're like, I'm just gonna get a slice of pizza, we're gonna figure this out, you know, get our bearings before we go to the late, late night bar. And it's like a full group of Oregon Ducks. And for me, wearing my USC gear, I'm like, okay, we need to find a way to get this pizza and get out of here. So there's all kinds of great places, Jonathan. Uh, I know in the West Loop here, Crossroads, they, yeah. they're one of those bars where it's not a specific affiliation, but they have outdoor seating that can see the TVs. So I'm sure like a day like today, if you roll up, you could see a game like Oklahoma. You can watch Auburn and Kentucky. You can watch Mississippi State LSU later. So, like, like it's really the heart of why we love college football is being able to go out, hang out with your friends, and consume all mm-hmm. these games. There's a bar by me, Schoolyard, that uh, has been an Illinois bar forever. Someone responded to us and said, Lovey Smith actually showed up for oh, a yeah. game there. Oh. and um, But they also – they've changed ownership recently. Well, so hold, now hold it's on. A, that, it, had it's a, been, that had to have been a college basketball game because otherwise yeah, yeah, yeah. that's, that's yes. a problem. If Lovey's yes. showing up uh, half well. time <laughs> – well, hold on a second. There, there's some games I think Lovey was at the bar and not, at, on, and not on the sidelines, let's be honest. But they've recently changed ownership, so now it's an Illinois bar and it's a Raiders bar on Sundays, which is odd. But, okay, it works. And there's there's bars that we go to, like Kirkwood's, where it's a Nebraska football bar but an Indiana basketball bar, which, uh, whatever, it's more funky. power to you, man. Get that money. <laughs> er- Eric, is there one particular spot? If you're going to watch college football in your area that you like. There is. It's called Goal Line by me. And it has uh, two different levels. The top level is just strictly Iowa. And they just go nuts during the Iowa. And then downstairs is the rest. You get the rest of the Big Ten. So that's the Big Ten bar by me. Goal Line. Yeah. So, I mean, there, it's always some, some terrific spots. Uh, what is your favorite college football spot for bars? Chris Adam and I want to know your thoughts. Open phone lines for you. 312-332-ESPN. 332-3776 is our phone number. Your favorite go-to spot. Hey, during this time, a lot of our bars are not open or we can't congregate and watch college football on a Saturday, but you can shout out the one that you like the most when it comes to a uh, college football Saturday. Still to come on the show, we'll talk about the SEC. Yes, indeed. Uh, as Chris and Adam mentioned, yes, the SEC is back. Uh, we have five questions now that the SEC has returned to our college football televisions. We'll talk about that as we move forward here on Chicago's College Tailgate. Jonathan Adam and Chris on CCT. ESPN 1000 Chicago College Tailgate Show with Jay Hood, Black, and Abdallah. Oh, 
on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Jonathan, Adam, and Chris on Chicago's College Tailgate on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. We're going to try to put money in your pocket here for week four of the college football season. Got special guests coming up at 1135. And, of course, we've got our Saturday night specials. Also, a preview of Alabama against Mizzou. There you go, Adam. That's my Kwanzaa gift to you. We start off the SEC uh, season (laughs) and guest list with our guy Mike Rodak from AL.com. I think that Kentucky just gave us the uh, the Kwanzaa gift going up seven nothing on Auburn. <laughs> yeah, Did you see? I think we have an early cats. contender. We have an early contender for name of the year as their running back from Kentucky, Cavassier Smoke, scores the touchdown. <laughs> if that's a Chris, are you sure that's not a, a Key and Peel name? You sure that's the real deal? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> I swear, I swear that's something from a key and peel bit right there. Uh three one two three three two ESPN three three two three seven seven six is our phone number. Chris Adam and I want to find out your favorite bar to watch college football. Hey, you know, usually the three of us would be broadcasting live uh, from a college football bar, enjoying a college football Saturday, but uh, that is not the case right now with COVID-19. But you can shout out your favorite bar, the place that you've been to the most when it comes to college football. Bob just checked in, says Anthony's in, in Juliet. It was his spot uh, for college football. We go to John and Winnetka on Chicago's College Tailgate on ESPN 1000. Hi, John. Hey, how are you? We're well. Love your show. Tough Thank you so much. Between the, tough decision between the college club, Mondays, or State Street Brats. But you have to go to State Street Brats and get the red brat. Great bar. All right, my friend. Thank you so much for checking in. I, I brought sounds good, Chris, at this time. Oh, baby. Are you telling me? Do you go, do you go uh, spicy mustard or do you go just uh, plain original yellow mustard? I like the yellow mustard on my brat. Adam, how do you go with that? Because I usually would just go um, spicy mustard, depending on if it's with a, a good beer. The beer has to be a complement to that spicy mustard for me. Uh, I like the all beef brats. Shout out Jerry Reinsdorf uh, for I was having all beef brats uh, for, for for us on the south side. Um, but yeah, I go yellow mustard. It's just the spiciness of the brat and the spiciness of the uh, the mustard. I don't think go well together. So I like a, a yellow mustard uh, with there. Joe on Twitter just gave us Brownstone on Lincoln Avenue. That's up by me. I believe that's a Texas bar, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. 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 So the idea that that no one cares about college football and say doesn't – I mean, look at these bars. When when we're back to normal, you can see a lot of people just jammed in there watching their favorite college football. As we mentioned before, the SEC has returned – to college football we're watching a number of games now will be more later on so let me give you guys a five pack of questions so we can be prepared for this sec season chris i'll start with number one the question is how far will lsu slide a team that was on the on the mountaintop joe burrow now getting beat down as a cincinnati Bengal. a number of changes happening so what's what's your thought to lsu this upcoming season well, obviously, offensively, they will take a step back just on the sole idea that Joe Burrow had one of the great all-time seasons as a quarterback in college football history. 60 touchdowns, six interceptions. Now Miles Brennan is the quarterback. Last season in mop-up time, 
He threw 40 attempts. He completed 24 balls. He had a touchdown and an interception. And also the thing to kind of point out on that offense is Justin Jefferson is now a wide receiver for the Minnesota Vikings. And Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is a running back for the Chiefs. So you see three marquee names from this offense last year for LSU. Uh, now in the NFL, how will they uh, kind of make up for that lost production? And two other things that kind of stick out to me is not only do you have a new offensive coordinator, because Joe Brady went to the NFL as well, joining the Carolina Panthers, but defensive coordinator. How about this name, guys? Do you guys know who the defensive coordinator is for the LSU Tigers, the returning champs? It's Bo Pelini. Where's yeah. Bo Pelini been? So Bo <laughs> Pelini is there yeah. now with uh, the defense for the Tigers. Ogeron, I mean, this group is going to be good. They still are recruiting well to LSU, and they're going to have a good team. Whether or not they're going to be able to put up the championship season we saw last year, I think obviously most people assume they will take a slide, Jonathan. But I'm looking at LSU as being the second-best team in their division following up Alabama. Yeah, Chris, I, I tend to agree with you, but I just think that the, the schedule is tough for them. They have to go to Florida. They have to go to Auburn. They get Alabama at home. They have to go to Texas A&M. I know that fans are going to be sparse, but going on the road in the SEC is tough in general. And I think Florida is a, a contender for a national championship spot, so that game is going to be really tough. I just think that they're going to be, it's going to be tough to repeat. But if that's the bar we're measuring them by, then LSU has, you know, last year wasn't a fluke. You know, if, if we're yeah. talking about them in a national championship conversation, then this isn't a, a one and done. LSU and what Ed Orgeron has built there, they're going to be around for a while. Yeah, uh, Miles Brennan will have quite the education. I see LSU being a, a, in the mix, but not necessarily a factor for the national championship this upcoming season. Adam, I, I go to you and talk about Mac Jones. Mac Jones. Who? Mac Jones. Who? Uh, Mac got, Jones. Who? I'm asking the what? question about Mac Jones, the quarterback for Alabama. Uh, does he keep his starting job? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, look, we're gonna see, you're gonna see Bryce Young out there because you you know there's no uh, red shirts this year, so you're gonna see him out there. But Mac Jones, in the words of Dad uh, Nick Saban, he's won the team, and when Daddy? you win the team, when you win the team, gentlemen, it means a lot more than the stats on the field. But if you look at last year, he was actually more efficient when he came in than Tua Tagovailoa. Um, he had an 80% true completion percentage when he wasn't pressured, a 78 true completion percentage, uh, completion percentage when he was blitzed. Uh, he played in a lot of their big games. You know, he put up 335 yards against Auburn last year. Plus, this is a team. Mac Jones can make throws. He can. He's not going to be as mobile as Tua was, or as Bryce Young can be, and he's going to be the future of Alabama. But for this year, this is going to be a Najee Harris show. You're going to have Jalen Waddle. You still have Devontae Smith as your two wide receivers. These guys are going to carry the team. They're fully healthy at defense. So I think as long as he's not turning the ball over, plus, I mean, it's Missouri. They're going to be up 21 to 24 at, at halftime. So you're going to see Bryce Young. But barring injury, I think that Mac Jones is going to keep the job for the full season. Hopefully up by at least 17 at halftime, Abdallah, is what I'm looking at. <laughs> Hopefully at least 17 by halftime. Uh, someone has a wager. Uh, uh, I would say that when it comes to, to Mac Jones, you know, I – I think that you go back to when Tua was injured last November and he stepped right in there. And I think that he's going to move forward 
and just be just fine. It's great that you have a five-star freshman in Bryce Young behind Jones, but I think that if you are Nick Saban, you just put all your effort into that young man who stepped in last year and uh, can really play at an all-conference level this upcoming season. As you're listening to Chicago's College Tailgate, Jonathan Adam and Chris on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app, the SEC is back. We're just going through some of the storylines for the uh, conference. So, Chris, um, next question is for you. Over the long haul, which team will have more success in the state of Mississippi, Lane Kiffin or Mike Leach? So as we enter uh, this weekend of the SEC uh, starting college football this weekend, you know, this storyline between the two Mississippi schools, I think, is one of the more intriguing storylines. Mississippi and Lane Kiffin and then Mississippi State with Mike Leach. To answer your question specifically, I would go with Mike Leach, and this is why. If you look at the recruiting classes on Rivals.com, Ole Miss is 61st in the country, where Mississippi State is 29. So already, Mike Leach is out hustling Lane Kiffin. If we look at the rosters from last year, Ole Miss only won two games, Mississippi State won three. And I think over the course of time, we've seen Mike Leach have more success sustained success over a long extended period of time and then also i do have a bias against lane kiffin because i know how much of a fraud coach he is that his time that he spent at tennessee in 2009 leaving tennessee going to usc from 2010 to 2013 just being an atrocious head coach and and i think what we've seen his um you know uh, revamp program being the offensive coordinator quarterback coach with Alabama getting on the good side because he's a, a part of a winning culture and a winning program with Saban and then getting his own program with Florida Atlantic from 2017 to 2019 I just don't see Lane being able to get it done at Ole Miss the way that I think Mike Leach and his schematics offensively will be able to do it with the Bulldogs at Mississippi State I think you're right, Chris. It comes down to recruiting. And if you look at it, like if you've got two guys in your living room, if you've got Lane Kiffin or Mike Leach and you're a wide receiver, if you're a quarterback, if you're an offensive player, where are you going? You're going to go with the air raid. You're going to go with Mike Leach, who's going to get every wide receiver, every tight end on that roster is going to have 10 or more catches today. Like they spread the ball around. They're going to bring that air raid to the SEC. And I just think that Lane Kiffin, I don't know, he just seems, he just seems like he doesn't care. Like I'm Aww. sure it's, I'm sure that's not the way he is in, in meetings and when he's talking to the team, but he does these interviews and he just seems like he's like, yeah, I'm at Ole Miss now. It's going to be better than when I was at Tennessee, hopefully. And, you know, and whatever I'm, you know, all right, I'm out of Boca. I mean, Boca was fun for a little bit. All yeah. Right. But see, here, here's the thing for Lane Kiffin, Boca made sense because in the SEC and in SEC country, there is a lot of talent in Florida that you can pick off for your little gimmicky program. But now that he's in the SEC, can he battle with the big dogs to get those athletes at Ole Miss where he is recruiting against LSU, uh, Alabama, Georgia? You know, like those are the big dogs and those are the type of athletes he's going to have to recruit. I think I think Mike Leach, and we've seen it to this point, he's out-recruited Lane, especially in state. And I think that's where you're going to see the difference between these two. Uh, I, I believe that – I really believe that uh, Mike Leach will have um, the better 
Chav and win more than Kiffin in the state of Mississippi. But it nece- doesn't necessarily mean, I believe, that Leach is going to have sustained success there. I think the air raid works for some programs. It doesn't work in the SEC schedule, guys. It just doesn't. It's great that he's got uh, Stanford transfer K.J. Costello as a quarterback, and that, that's great. I just don't believe that the speed can match up to the power and might of the normal SEC schedule. I, I think it, it works for other conferences. I just think, don't think the air raid overall, you know, over the long haul is going to really help Leach uh, in that offense. I just I think it's too gimmicky for the power and might of the SEC. We're running low on time, so let me just zip through this one about which team survives the SEC East race. I will tell you guys, as someone that watches this conference very closely as a Georgia fan, I will tell you, because I don't know who the quarterback is, JT Daniels, is it going to be someone else? I have no idea because even in this game against Arkansas today, um, I don't know who the quarterback is going to be. Georgia's going to win the game. Point is, though, I don't know who the quarterback is, and because of that, the only sauce I have is that Todd Monken is the offensive coordinator. And so we won't see running back you as much. Maybe the ball will be in the air. I mean, for, I don't know, 20 or 30 more yards than normal. So maybe we'll have a, like a real offense here within Athens for once besides just the running game. So because I don't know who the quarterback is, and I think that Kyle Trask is – really going to be at the top of that conference. I will say, as a Georgia fan, that Florida more than likely will be the top team in the SEC East this season, Adam. Yeah, I 100% agree with you, and it's simply because you look at the schedule. I mean, Florida has an easier schedule than Georgia. Georgia has to face Alabama. Florida does not. Florida goes to Mississippi right now, Ole Miss, and South Carolina, Texas A&M, LSU, Missouri, Georgia, Arkansas, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, Tennessee. That's a manageable schedule. I think that if two teams are going to come out of the SEC, uh, it's going to be Alabama and uh, Florida. I think if you know if you get two teams in there, Florida has a, run, a chance of being undefeated this year and facing uh, Alabama in the SEC championship game. Chris, if we're looking at the East Division, any anyone looking at Tennessee? I'm just asking for Jeremy Pruitt what? in his third season. No. Is anyone looking at Tennessee? I am. I'm watching right, them no. because I, because their fans are entertaining, especially when they lose. I right, watch Kentucky more than I'm going to watch Tennessee. I'm, I'm, ah, dude, don't be uh, don't be so uh, against Tennessee this year, Abdullah. Yeah, no, you I'll watch keep, it. I'll keep my eyes on it. That is for sure because that's the conference I watch. So I'll keep my eyes on it, on Tennessee when they lose. It's very entertaining. All right, we are behind here. We got to get to try to put some money in your pocket. Stay tuned. We got a very special guest that will join us to try to put some money in your pocket on a college football Saturday. This is CCT. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000 Chicago College Tailgate Show. With Jonathan Hood, Chris Black, and Adam Abdallah. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Chicago's College Tailgate on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Along with Adam Abdallah and Chris Black, Jonathan Hood with you. So glad you're with us on another college football Saturday. We're here every Saturday. Notre Dame, of course, canceled, but we're still on until 1 o'clock. And uh, so glad that you are part of our college football Saturday. We go to Kenny White, CEO of KennyWhiteSports.com, also seen on CBS Sportsline. Kenny joins us here on ESPN 1000. Kenny, Jonathan, Adam, and Chris, thanks so much for your time. 
Hey, gentlemen, glad to be here. It's, it's uh, feel like now it's starting to be college football season. It's kind of like we've ever preseason, and it's all going to roll into an amazing season when the Big Ten and the Pac-12 get back. There's no question about that. Well, I'll ask you first about some of these big numbers. Now, with the SEC returning, there's some big numbers there. What's what's normally your philosophy when it comes to big spreads in games? We got a lot of that and a lot of non-power five here, but now we got some quality on this college football Saturday. Yeah, I'll be a hundred percent honest, uh, and this is all sports betting. Big numbers are one of the most difficult games to handicap. I feel for overall the years. I've always leaned to the underdogs in all of those type of games, but it seems I'm probably 50-50 in those type of football games because you get that underdog to play a great game for three quarters, and then they make a mistake, and the favorite scores a big touchdown, and then it just kind of snowballs, and that that underdog just has no chance. So uh, those those games are really difficult to handicap. I, I much prefer, and I know for over times, games that are more competitive are much easier to handicap, much easier to predict. Let's go to the SEC and talk about one of those big games, uh, LSU and Mississippi State, the national champions, against Mike Leach and his new team. This uh, game dropped about a point and a half when Stingley was ruled out of being at the hospital, non-COVID related, but they lose one of their corners against this air raid offense. How do you see this one? Yeah, they're, they're not just you know losing Stingley. They lose so much firepower. Obviously, you lose Joe Burrow, but you lose your entire offense. Uh, Jamar Chase decides to to opt out for the the 2020 season. Several key defensive players, Nick Farrell opted out, uh, Kerry Vincent. Uh, This is still an extremely talented football team in LSU. Uh, Size and uh, and speed and intangibles, but very little experience. I have two players on offense that have had seven starts or more. I have six players on defense uh, that have had six starts or more. Uh, national champions first game out. Uh, or they are playing at home, but maybe twenty five percent of a crowd. You know, th- this is a this is a tough spot for the LSU team. They got a target on their back, and they're facing Mike Leach, who's one heck of a football coach, and he doesn't have quite the talent that LSU has. Uh, but he's gonna ha- he's gonna have his team prepared, and the one thing he's got is KJ Costello. He's gonna have the best quarterback on the field. Um, this is going to be a battle. Uh, I think Mississippi State's got a chance to be in this game because they're going to play fast and furious. Uh, they're going to keep LSU on their heels, and most people think that this offense can't work in the SEC. Uh, it worked in the Pac-12. Uh, I think it'll work in the SEC. Mike Leach knows what he's doing, and everybody everybody thinks that, but the college football is now a passing game. Everybody passes 60% of the time. Mike Leach just happens to do it about 70% of the time at times, but that's not a true statement because Mike Leach is really a 50-50. He's very well-balanced with his run and pass. So I think he's going to have a lot in store today for LSU to look at. It's going to be a hot day. It's going to be humid there. I think he could wear out the LSU defense. Another game that takes place at 2.30 Central Time on Fox. Texas travels to Lubbock to take on the Texas Tech Red Raiders. In this contest, uh, expecting a lot of points, and there's a lot of hype around the Longhorns heading into this season. How should we play this contest? Yeah, that's uh, there is a lot of hype with the Longhorns because they're a very, very talented football team. They've got a, uh, one of the top coaches in Tom Herman in the country. And Sam Ellinger, I think, is a Heisman Trophy uh, a candidate. I think he could put up those type of numbers. Uh, they do have the talent. Uh, they've got the talent this year, I think, to battle Oklahoma. They've got a redshirt freshman quarterback uh, who's very talented, Spencer Rattler. 
and, and Texas is one, two in the big 12. But when you're playing Texas tech and Texas tech has this game circled in red Raider red every year, this is their number one game, Texas. They point to this game. They love this game. They want this game more than any other game. Uh, this is a game that uh, Texas is going to be in a little bit of trouble going out on the road. They played an El Paso team as the worst team in college football in the FBS level. Uh, and, and Texas Tech didn't play a, a good team either. They played Houston Baptist. But Houston Baptist would beat Texas El Paso by three touchdowns. So it was a little bigger of a step up that Texas Tech played than Texas did. Texas Tech has their quarterback, Alan Bowman, back. Now, he, he didn't play a lot last year, but he was a starter as a freshman for Cliff Kingsbury. He's got 11 career starts. He's a career 69% passer, 7.7 yards per pass, and he's thrown 25 touchdowns in college football. He's got his leading re, uh, re, uh, rusher back. Eight of the top 10 receivers are coming back. Eight of the top 12 tacklers are coming back. This is a team that completely overlooked Houston Baptist and could have cared less about it. That was a preseason game, a tune-up. Matt Wells is a, is a solid coach. His team's going to be ready for Texas. I think they take the Longhorns down to the wire. Jonathan Evan Chris with uh, Kenny White, the uh, CEO of KennyWhiteSports.com, seen also on CBS Sportsline with us on Chicago's College Tailgate on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Kenny, um, as we take a look at Florida State-Miami, Florida State without their coach Norvell with, uh, with uh, COVID-19, he will not be on the sidelines against his Miami team. So when you're looking into this game, how much do you factor the coach not being there on the sidelines, and how do you see the matchup overall? Yeah, I'm sure the assistants, the offensive coordinators, Ken Dilliam and Adam Fuller, rallying the troops and saying, hey, let's win one for Norvell. He's not here. We'd love to be here. Um, you know, this is a program that is, has, has fallen by the wayside, uh, 18 and I think they're 18 and 20 of the last three years. And that started with, you know, the end of uh, Jimbo Fisher, Taggart couldn't pick this program up, but I think Norvell will, the, the, the talent's still there. When you go back and look at the recruiting ratings, they've been in the top 20, three of the last four years. The other year they were number 21. So they have the talent and, uh, this is a football team that, uh, it's like a UFC fight. You're in a you're a favorite, and you go in the ring and you lose, and you get upset, uh, and you're 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 going up against an opponent who just won a big match. You're gonna be you're gonna come out ready. In the two weeks that Florida State had, they are ready. Now I'll throw these numbers at you. Uh, number one is Miami played UAB first. I have UAB's defense ranked number 31 in the country. Uh, they scored 31 against them. And then they played Louisville. I have Louisville's defense rated 88th in the country. Louisville's got a great offense. Mikhail Cunningham, one of the top quarterbacks in the country, but their defense is well below average, and Miami shredded them. Today, the Miami Hurricanes will see the sixth-best defense in all of college football. And Florida State has so much speed, so much talent, so much experience back on defense. They've got 15 players They've had seven starts or more, 86 re- returning tackles from last year. Uh, this, is, this is a defense that's for real. Uh, they will show it today because this is the biggest game on their calendar, and they lost last year to Miami. Uh, revenge is on their minds. The defense will be there. James Blackman has been inconsistent. He needs to make plays. He was six and a half points below his average in their first game against Georgia Tech. They did score on their first two drives, had a couple of uh, weather delays. And not making excuses for them, but those are difficult to stop and start, stop and start, and Georgia Tech kind of surprised them. Uh, Florida State lost the turnover battle there. They they have to stay even in turnovers in this game. If they do stay even in turnovers, 
they got a shot to win this football game today. Alabama heads to Missouri. Alabama has been really good in these opening matchups when Saban has a lot of time to prepare for these opening games. They usually uh, can run these teams right out of the stadium. Uh, they're a 28-and-a-half-point favorite. This, this game has gone – the spread has gone up a lot. How do you see this one for the Crimson Tide? Well, you, you had it right on the head. It's Nick Saban. You give him time to prepare opening week. Uh, he's the number one talent in the country. I, I think – well, Clemson have num- rated number one overall because of some of the experience they have, and they have the best quarterback in the country. But Alabama, again, they're just reloading with amazing talent, NFL players across the board. And they're averaging uh, over 10 players per year getting drafted in the NFL. They'll have another 10 next year. Uh, Missouri has a new coach. They're breaking in uh, Elijah Drinkwitz, come over from App State after only one year as a head coach. Now he's in the uh, SEC. I think he's going to be well in over his head because the talent difference here. I think Alabama cruises in this game. The smart bet on this is betting Alabama in the first half because they'll be far superior. I think they could get out to a a 21-point lead in the first half. They should win this by 35. But, again, I think it's a much better bet in the first half because Missouri's going to have their struggles early uh, because of the new systems on both sides of the football. So Alabama rolls. Kenny, uh, you're on so many different platforms, KennyWhiteSports.com. If I go to the website, what would I find? Yeah, the one, one thing on the website is uh, I have a projection model that uh, upgrades the power ratings for each college football team uh, every week. It's uh, They're updated uh, Sunday night uh, or Sunday afternoon, the, the day after the games are played. And then the entire schedule uh, for every team, the final score is projected and updated for all of those games. And that product's $49.00 for the entire year. So if you buy it right now, you'll actually have the power ratings for next season going into the year. You'll have the projections on every every game and every team. So like I said, big games are coming up. Uh, the SEC starts today. Big Ten will be starting in a couple weeks, and then the Pac-12. But the projection model gives you that final score of every game, kind of giving you the, the what the point spread will be and what the total will be before those games are even played. Kenny, as always, we appreciate your time here in Chicago. Hope you come on again real soon. Uh, anytime you guys want me, guys, I appreciate it. And uh, thanks for having me on the show. Good luck to everybody today. Absolutely. It's Kenny White from KennyWhiteSports.com and also CBS with us on Chicago's College Tailgate. Hey, guess what? The Pac-12 is back. We talk about it next. Immerse yourself in the world of college football. Now, back to more ESPN 1000 Chicago College Tailgate Show. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. 1000. Jonathan, Adam, and Chris for Chicago's College Tailgate on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Chris Bleck, our USC fan, I know that you got to be happy. The Pac-12 is back, but boy, they really wait until the 11th hour to get it done. Yeah, they did, and Jonathan, if they want to be a part of the college football playoff, I think they waited way too late to be involved in that conversation. They're going to set to play on November 6th, and they will play a seven-game season. Right now, uh, teams in the Pac-12 have yet to announce a schedule and what that would look like. Obviously, they're probably going to be playing within their divisions, the North and the South division. Uh, If you are like me and you are a USC fan, that actually might be pretty good for you this year because the true good teams in the Pac-12 at the moment are Oregon, Washington, Stanford sometimes, 
Those are the good teams in the Pac-12. Cal's going to be pretty good this year. They're all in the North Division. So based on what this seven-game schedule looks like for teams in the Pac-12, I think will be pretty interesting on who can make the argument that they could be involved in this college football playoff, even though I don't think seven games is going to be enough to be involved. The other thing I would point out is USC, as you guys know, have some legendary rivalries with schools, not only across the country, but also on the West Coast. And there are two teams that are in the North Division, Stanford and Cal, that USC has played every single year, dating back to the 20s. Uh, Cal and USC have played every single year since 1920. And USC and Stanford have played every single year since 1925. So it'll be interesting to see if USC gets the crossover games to the north, if they are included in those legendary rivalries between Cal and Stanford. And if that's the case, Jonathan, USC's schedule is going to shape up pretty well for them. Unfortunately, for those who want Clay Helton gone, that's not going to be to your benefit, but at least maybe they can go 7-0 and this season. Well, Adam, we got about a minute, but the point is, with this shortened schedule, you know, say if USC is the team to run the table, that they are the top of the conference, do they deserve a, a shot at the Final Four? Um, I don't think so, just based on how many games they're playing. But I did see Herm Edwards on College Game Day. He goes, look, guys, I've been in your chairs before. We know who the top teams in, in college football are. Like, if a team looks like they're a top team in college football, then they should probably be in it. So, you know, if USC does run the table and they look like one of the best teams in the country, then sure, put them in there. It's no, you know, I'm not going to be opposed to it. Mm -hmm. I just think that it's not fair to the other teams that have played 10 games and 11 games. All right, we've got a CCT scoreboard right around the corner, and also we'll take you to Alabama, Missouri. Mike Rodak will tell us how good is Alabama this season. That's in two minutes right here on CCT. <laughs> 